like a moron forgets to pick up his laptop at a repair shop. You're a Biden. Act like everything he built, life, I just ruined it all. I want to know everything that's on that laptop that can ruin my erection. My friends, it's time to party! Uh, we interrupt the broadcast of this uh, previously scheduled movie episode of Chapo Trap House to bring you the news that Queen El- Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. Uh, long live King Charles III. I know this is uh, going to be a rough day for our British listeners or everyone, everyone who follows the show in the UK. Uh, we are going to continue with the movie episode as planned. We're going to leave you some time to um, sort of mourn the loss of your sovereign and just sort of take on what this all means. Uh, to our Irish listeners of the show, do you go off? You've been training for this day for years, and now the time has finally come. Just let it all go. Let it all. That's loop. right. The 96-year-old lady just turned into dust like Yoda. She's owned. She's so owned. You guys want to hear some uh, words that I wrote? Yeah. It's just like top of the head I came up with. Her Royal Majesty's passing is not only a tragedy for England, Britain, the UK, and Commonwealth, but all decent people everywhere. Queen Elizabeth was our last link to a lost age of magic and glory, radiating the world with light. After a life of service, she rests in God's kingdom. It was just a little like little, that was beautiful. Top of the dome. Thank you. That was beautiful. I felt that. That was yo. That was that was some that was some real shit. And yo, the, yeah. yo, 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 the shit people are saying out there on social media, <laughs> dog. It's so fucked up. <laughs> Honestly, like. I will say I normally like hate days on Twitter where it's like, yeah, like a 180 year old person dies and they're like, oh, uh, the, the fucking uh, Lenin killed you. You know, boring. Don't care. Shut up. But, you know, as a Princess Diana fan, you know, it, there is some happiness there. But for the most part, this is this is just nothing. You know, she was an extremely old woman who, as Matt said, returned to dust. Literally, she won. She got away with it, folks. I'm sorry. No guillotine for Liz. Is it it's, Prince Charles is next? Yep. Yeah, baby. Charles the third. King Charles the third. Mm. Um, let's let's hope it ends up similar to how Charles the uh, second, how, how his reign ended. Was he the one who Just got his head chopped having off? Having a lot by, uh... of bastard kids. Uh, oh wait, I no. Is it Charles the first? The, first? the yeah. Charles the first. Yeah. Okay. I will say that Andrew Sullivan post was kind of made this all worth it that was awesome he had oh tears in his God. eyes from the bloody master class of the of the reign of the, the sovereign monarch queen elizabeth ii um i mean yeah like i i think the the tweet that i saw this morning uh, that summed it up best for me was all of the jokes that you could conceive of about queen elizabeth dying or all the ways you can make fun of british people being sad because their queen is dead just pale in comparison to any sincere tweet by anyone who is a fan of the British monarchy. Nothing will be funnier than that. So, I mean, honestly, you know, just like I said, if you're a uh, if you're a British listener to the show, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry how terrible your TV is going to be for the next um, oh, several boy. weeks. Oh, boy. The worst shit. television ever committed a film. <laughs> I think the worst in a 30 year period easily. Yeah. And, you know, if you're an Irish listener to the show, bro, we're on, we're on the way. We come into Dublin. For that pack watch i got i got yelled at by a cop last time i was in dublin i'm not going back i didn't like how i was treated i like um did, did, yeah did i tell you guys about that no i thought that I was, was like glasgow 
I thought it was no, the no, no, no. They were nice to me. For, oh, okay. No, they were like, even though they gave me a ticket for like throwing on a cigarette butt on the ground, which is where cigarette butts go, by the way. Um, you know, uh, they were very nice to me. And then the tradie was like, you don't have to pay that. <laughs> you know, whatever the accent is. Um, but in 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 Ireland, okay, so you know, there was a stabbing near our hotel, and I had awoken that morning and I went to get a pastry. And like, look, okay, I saw yellow tape around like a door and it's like usually, okay, someone that just means that someone's fixing an electrical box. I'm sorry. It didn't say police on it. And so I like went under it to like get to the hotel and some like just fucking like ham fit. You know, those guys who's like their eyes are too small and it's distracting. (laughs) It's like really distracting. They have like a, they do have like the caveman brow a little bit. Yeah. Like Michael Caine says in uh, get Carter, like two piss holes in the snow. Exactly. Yeah. Just one of those cops just screamed at me for like, you, you know, walking through a crime scene. And it's like, OK, then put police on your yellow tape. It said like, Gardo, Gardo, probably. It's one, yeah, it's one stabbing and the guy didn't die. That would be like the most peaceful day ever in Chicago. Why are you so stressed out? Fuck you. It's, the pastry wasn't even good. It sucked. It fucking sucked dick. It was like a, a donut where the the breading was like too fucking like spongy. So I'm not going back. I did not like how I was treated. Rest in peace, the queen. Let's <laughs> reunite Ireland in the UK where no police officer yelled at me, by the way. Uh, well, that was okay. three years ago. Yeah. Well, they'll pay for it. They will pay for it eventually. All right. So yeah, the queen's dead. Uh, let's, let's, let's get on with the show because I mean, this, this episode folks, if there was ever a movie made to be a Chapo movie episode, it's today's episode. I mean, that's I, right. Having watched it, I think that's the only reason they did make it. Yeah. I have a feeling I <clears throat> we disagree wholeheartedly, yeah. all of us on this movie. <laughs> okay. Of course, we are talking about the recently Breitbart produced Robert God, Robert Davi directed movie, My Son Hunter. Now, I, I know how Felix thinks about this. I'm just going to kick it off and found the whole affair um, uh, disappointing and dreadfully dull. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just it was I just thought it was Z's baby. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking it was, boring. You know, he was going for this whole like uh, Martin Scorsese, Adam McKay, like kind of like big short Wolf of Wall Street thing. But there was just no I mean, most of the movie takes place is just uh, Hunter talking to his dad in a car for about 40 minutes and then just like most of the stories told in flashback. But Felix, I, you know, you, you were, you were the dissenting view from this. You said that this was your, your favorite conservative movie we've seen, uh, save for assassin 33 AD. Absolutely. Which, yeah. That is a good movie. I will agree with that. Amazing. Amazing. And you know, I still put that as number one. So I think, okay, the handicaps of this movie are obvious. And I think that they are obstacles that no filmmaker can really overcome if you choose to make your Hunter movie this way, like there are probably 10, 20 amazing versions of a Hunter movie you can make, but this version of it is the hardest to make interesting because you're essentially making the whole middle act like Lev Parnas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that yeah. is There's the so many main... fucking slavs in this goddamn movie. I do not <laughs> give a shit about Igor stroke me off. So that is, yeah, that is the obvious reason that you guys hate this movie. And I, I will admit it is a core weakness that so much of this movie is the conservative version of Lev Parnas. It's like, oh, Hunter Biden met with fucking 
Igavni Yegorov, and he invested in a shell company that was owned by his friend who was on the Delaware University crew team. And it's like, like, who gives a fuck? Like, they all, you know, either they all do this or, like, who fucking cares? Like, yeah, whatever. But that part, the stuff where, like, the Chinese guy gives him the diamond, that was, I still like that, even though it was part of an overall more boring plot. That is still not important to me as the very interesting job that Robert Dobby does directing the fantastic Biden they got, who, as far as I know, has never acted before, is literally a guy who probably went up to Robert Dobby. What are you talking about? He was awesome. He was amazing. (laughs) He chewed the scenery. He he, shit for one thing. That was great. He looked more like Trump than Biden. No one looked like who they were playing. Lawrence (laughs) Fox looks like he has been trying to get jaw cancer his entire life. He does not look like Hunter Biden. No one in this movie looks like who they're supposed to play. uh, Fucking Gina Carano looked like um, Marjorie from Veep. Uh, (laughs) She's probably done the worst job in the entire movie. She's a terrible actor. She sucks. But the guy who played Joe awesome i like what lawrence fox does with hunter um you have to admit my brother wouldn't have fucked my wife hard line they (laughs) kind of that went hard uh and overall i love this and i think it's the second best conservative movie in the world i would felix i was i was i was very primed to like this and you know like when you got when you got talent like robert davi behind the camera it's gonna have uh, you know, a, a, a certain higher level of uh, the quality. The sheen is better than most conservative movies. That's you know, for sure. It's got a decent been, sheen. It actually kind of looks know, like a real movie. It, yeah. You know, it was filmed. It was filmed. OK, it was filmed in Serbia for about fifty thousand dollars <laughs> or something like that. But uh, no, this is true. The uh, their, the set that uh, that is their recreation of the Chateau Marmot was uh, created in an abandoned sugar factory <laughs> in Serbia. Yeah. But, you know, like, look, look, Davi, he's he's been around the greats. You know, he's been around Verhoeven, John McTiernan, you know, so he's got a little bit more flair to it. And, you know, like he, it, there's a lot of like, like I said, Adam McKay, Martin Scorsese, like Wolf of Wall Street style, like breaking the fourth wall and like giving you information with this, like a baffling decision to include a lot of animated clip art. And like mm. boyoying sound effects and like like cash, cash register sound effects to See, punctuate that, that the action. That stuff really annoyed me because that was endemic of the one of the things that makes uh, popular art of any kind really uh, the most unbearable is is the fact that most popular films, especially something that like this where like they think they're getting the story out or whatever the fuck, assumes that the audience is stupider than the filmmakers, and so it has this. It's like they're instinctively like talking down to the audience, but they themselves are fucking morons. Well, yeah, yeah, and I think they could have solved that problem here if they were like, "Hold on, this Lev Parnas crap is really boring." Seriously, <laughs> it's like if you really, if you think, if you're smart enough to understand, my audience requires uh, boing noises and cartoon dollar signs bags to be bouncing around like Clippy to go understand what's happening. Then maybe don't have 25 minutes talking about uh, the uh, corporate governance of Ukrainian natural gas companies. I will say though. I mean, like, as far as a bit of, like, a, you know, a piece of right-wing agitprop goes, I'm going to just say that, like, I take basically as true 
pretty much everything that this movie um, presents about Hunter Biden's laptops and well, his yeah, business dealings. Sure. And, you know, like and, and like the, the centerpiece of the movie, like the, the media spiking of the laptop story is also essentially accurate in its depiction of what happened. And like, you know, I, I take as read that Joe Biden and his family and his brother and with Hunter as a point man was doing all kinds of shady shit in, Ukra- in Ukraine and China. And like, you know, like I said, like I do not really take issue with any of the facts as presented in this movie. I will just say, though, as a piece of right wing agitprop, I was sort of stunned by essentially how sympathetic a figure Hunter comes across as in this movie. I mean, do you, yeah, you guys disagree yeah. with me there? Oh, like, oh, I thought no, it was yeah. just like a like I, I, I wasn't it was like for a movie trying to like, I mean, I guess it's trying to say like his dad is the real villain and, and Hunter, they have like an Oedipal reading that Hunter really like secretly subconsciously wants to kill his father. But yeah, like it, it did. It just, this movie could be made about any of Trump's kids. Like this could, this movie could easily oh, yeah. be my, my son, Don Jr. Like in, well, in every single detail. If, well, if you made this movie about uh, Trump's kids, one of the advantages is it wouldn't be quite as boring, you know? Yeah. Just because like the, their equivalent business deal is like, oh, uh, let's make let's make the Secret Service like let's make their burgers really dry. So they have to like they have to get more like rebranded Trump hunts ketchup and we can build the Secret <laughs> Service seventy thousand dollars in ketchup packets. It's very simple. <laughs> it's very simple. It's not like, um, oh, um, well, um, you know, he met uh, Victor Grugan and then he told him not to talk to the prosecutor. And then the prosecutor, like he went to meet Joe Biden and Joe Biden told him he had to leave the country. And that, like just there, there isn't 45 minutes explaining, uh, you know, the, the natural gas thing or the Chinese investment thing. I do that. The scene where like, OK, the weirdest character in the movie the prostitute liberal activist. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, she kind of like gives up the game of how much they, I think the more time they spent with Hunter, the more they liked him, honestly, where they're yeah. like, you hate your dad. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. It did seem like they kind of realized even as they were shooting it, like, Oh no, like this is a classic character with a classic, like fatal flaw and everything. And therefore we can't, make him who we want to although they do sort of at the end come around to him being a bad guy for the most disingenuous reason on earth but we'll get to that yeah yeah all right so let's just let's go into the film itself i I would like to begin by just discussing the the lead character hunter is portrayed by the british actor lawrence fox and i gotta say like he doesn't look anything like hunter but i didn't think it was like a bad performance and you know lawrence fox is an interesting guy he's like like gina carano he's sort of like a british actor who's been canceled for a number of various number of his public statements about you know wokeism immigrants trans people he ran for mayor of london in 2021 he's sort of like a a crank right-wing british actor but he is also the son of one of my favorite actors, James Fox, who starred in two of my favorite movies of all time, Performance and Sexy Beast. Now, James Fox, interestingly, after he got done filming Performance, had a mental breakdown, retired from acting, and became an evangelical Christian. So, I mean, it's like an interesting family connection here. Also, interesting family connection for you, Felix. Can you guess what normal yes. movie yeah. Lawrence Fox yeah. was a star, a star in? Not star in, but was a member of a large ensemble cast. That's yes. right. 
Robert Altman's Gosford Park. So there was a traumatic childhood memory that was triggered when I was watching this movie, but I still, you know, made it through off the strength of his performance as Hunter. I would say the best performance of the movie, probably. Uh, you know, like, I, 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 I'll say one thing I appreciated about it is that he doesn't really do a good American accent. No, but he does seem at times to be trying to do a Canadian accent, which is a very interesting choice for the character. I was intrigued by that when he would say against, I'm like, all right, because I know you're not Canadian. Why are you doing that? And another thing I will say about like, at least to the, the authenticity of Lawrence Fox's performance is that he looked absolutely drenched with sweat. The entire way. So it was just like, it was a really like kind of like almost unnerving and like grotesque portrayal of someone who is, you know, geeked out of their mind 24 seven. So, but yet at the same time, I thought it was like a, uh, like he did not portray Hunter as like a monster. He, he as a, he portrayed him as a sort of pathetic and tragic figure. So he, I think he he brought his uh, British acting chops to bear on this, and he couldn't help but find the the vulnerability and the humanity in the target of this sort of uh, piece of you know like uh, agitprop. So the movie begins with uh, Joe Biden in a swimming pool. And then, you know, like he like and it just he's he's uh, he's there with Gina Carano, who's like sort of the Greek chorus of this movie as the Secret Service agent assigned to uh, Celtic Biden's, uh, you know, Secret Service moniker. And he's always like smelling her hair every time he walks by her. He gives a big sniff. But the movie really begins with its um, sort of uh, this like recreation of the Black Lives Matter protests that um, which, the by the way, it dates as December yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah. That, that is one of the biggest weaknesses of this movie is the conservative propensity to just fit in everything that they're mad about. Yeah. Even though it's supposed to be about one thing like it could like conservatives would will make a movie about like, yeah, no, they'll make a uh, they'll make a movie about how like Obama is a Muslim. And then there will be like a 30 minute digression about Common Core. <laughs> yeah. So it begins with like, you know, like uh, like media coverage of, you know, Black Lives Matter protests that they're like, oh, like, you know, this is a peaceful protest. But like there's clearly like, you know, rioting and looting going on in the background. And we're introduced to the the second lead in the movie who's sort of um like, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's she's a young woman and she's there with her friends and they're like, we got to fight the fascist Trump government. You know, we want we want equality and equity and, and you know, and justice, you know, and like it's it's all going off. And, you know, like the and then like the police come and they're like they're like disperse citizens. And like it, it, it was the, the portrayal of the, the Black Lives Matter riot was uh, pretty funny because it was just sort of like what, like what what are they trying to say here? I mean, I know what they're trying to say, like, which is that. Yeah, in 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 December 2019, every American city was razed to the ground. But they were I, I trying to say it, that there was that the media lied about it, and then that's yeah, yeah. supposed to reflect the way that the media lied about Hunter's laptop. Uh, right. And they and they try to emphasize that by showing a very very poorly and shot and confusing sequence where I think they're supposed to be showing Trump supporters getting attacked by the rioters. It's very hard to understand what's happening though. But only from context was I able to decide that's what it meant, because after that, they have the uh, the person in the studio going cut, cut, you know, and then being like they're being peaceful. Uh, and then they cut to these two activists who have film of this attack. And the, the, one of them says, I'm going to go viral. Or, yeah. And then her friend yeah, and like it's like the one who wants to go viral, be like she will become like the main character of this movie. And like, is that her? Is like, 
yeah, 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 sure? that's, yeah. That's that, that, that's Kitty. That's Kitty. That's, that's, that's our second. It never, okay, yeah. it never seemed like they're never. I was like, that's no, she's just totally. No, she's just like she says. She says, I, I, I got to go to work. And like the next scene, she's like, you know, a high class escort. Oh so yeah, God. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so she's like, I'm going to go viral. And her friend is like, no, this makes the movement look bad. And she's like, the ignorant masses like need to be protected from facts. Sometimes we need to choose the truth over facts. And then uh, Kitty, our main character, just goes, I suppose so. <laughs> I suppose yeah. you're right. <laughs> um, I, so, so the way that they depict uh, the mob beating up and almost killing a Trump supporter is like, I was confused, too, until they literally had to mention it. It was a guy not wearing any MAGA paraphernalia, just like a guy in a parka holding his head like he has a migraine and people going, get him out of here. And <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just a very, very, um, I would say um, a blind spot in Robert Davi's otherwise perfect direction. Well, I mean, it's just sort of like it, 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 it reveals that like this movie is made in like a hermetically sealed sort of like, like mind where it's just like, unless you have imbibed like hours of conservative media, day on a daily basis like it just came to this movie like as like a member of the public you know who they were hoping to i don't know convince of uh the case that they're making here like it would, there are elements of the movie that would be very confusing to you i you know what that's probably what it is probably everything that we think is like poor direction there is some implicate there's like a conservative easter egg that they totally get like the parka that guy was wearing that's probably a famous incident from three years ago called like epic parka man <laughs> and that they like they totally like a guy who got the, his teeth knocked out with a bike lock but he just he oh. hit a perfect bone mo on a uh, black lives matters <laughs> i'm sorry i fucked rioters. up Amber reminds me. she doesn't even say uh, uh uh i'm gonna go viral she says i'm gonna trend <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh one one of the uh like sort of antifa young ladies is like okay i gotta go to work now then we cut to it's like Hunter entering the club. It's just like he's shot from behind, long tracking shot, like the Copacabana. He's walking into the club. There's fucking, there's women everywhere. He does a line of Coke. It's just okay, like, and he's sorry. like, by the way, sorry, he does I, a line of Coke and then he dusts off the, 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 the table and there's an entire other line there. <laughs> That's exactly, I was going to say that. That, that was, that showed that no one involved in this movie has okay. ever been around drugs. Well, I mean, how is that possible? Robert Davi was in Hollywood for the entirety of the 80s and 90s. He was spending the whole time just, he would go to all those parties, but he would just be in the corner singing Sinatra. It's a ring a ding ding for you, Oh, nice nose powder. Okay, so like the fact that Hunter just wipes off like three lines of cocaine. Okay, here's another. Here's another example of uh, a, a baffling and a weird misunderstanding going on in this movie. Okay, so like the first use and very jarring, like when it's dropped in the first use of like clip art animation to sort of like highlight in a kind of pop fun way, like what's going on here. So like Hunter is coked out and then like they have an animated heart on the screen that's like bumping and it's like bing Hunter's heart. And it's letting you know, like, oh, like he's on cocaine, like he's 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 dangerously spun up on drugs. And it's like the heart's beating faster and faster and faster. And then Hunter's like, oh, whoa, hold on. I need to sit down for a second. He sits down and then just toasts up a big bowl of crack and just smokes it down. He's like, ah, and the heart starts beating slower again. It's just like, wait a second. No, like yeah. it, it would be beating exponentially faster. Cocaine and crack are the same fucking drug. You don't smoke crack to like come down. 
from a cocaine binge. But like throughout the movie, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, dude, I just need to, I just need to, I just need to chill out for a second. Hold on, let me just fire up this crack pipe. They needed a drug consultant for this movie. There, 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 there's a part where right after he smokes the crack, he takes a bottle of pills that like do not resemble any painkiller, benzodiazepine, or even muscle relaxer that anyone has ever seen. It's just like a, 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 a bottle of aspirin, and he drinks it like it's a bottle of Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever taken pills in that way. So um, uh, Kitty, uh, the other main character, and, like, and, and most of this movie takes place is 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 just like one night in a hotel between hunter biden and like the the sort of high-end escort that he has you know acquired for the evening and like as falls in love with and spills his guts to is like he it's it's hunter telling his life story or like not his life story just the details of what's on his laptop to an escort and Kitty, the escort, is like, you know, she was she was one of the Antifa uh, protesters in the beginning. But like there's a, like she addresses the camera, too, when she's like, you know, getting dolled up to strip for Hunter and like the VIPs at the club. And she goes, don't judge me. I'm paying off my student loans. And it was like they, if they had only written the movie in time to include a reference to Biden's student loan debt relief. You know, like that, that would have been in there for sure. She's like, don't judge me. I actually don't need to do this because Biden paid off my student loans, but I'm doing it anyway because I'm a bad person. <laughs> major, major swerf vibes from this movie. But um, so, yeah, like uh, so like, essentially the, the, those are the two main characters. And one, one thing I noticed in the movie is like, like I was like taking note of it, like 15 minutes into the movie and there was like no narrative momentum. There was no narrative established at all. It was just Hunter doing drugs and like partying. There's one scene where he talks to a dog. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so he after... talks to a dog in like cartoon thought bubbles. Yeah. So this is a very weird sequence, I will say, which I think this falls more on the script than the direction or the acting. Um, he goes to the strip club. He like flings the entire line of coke off. He goes to the he goes to the champagne room. Is like we're having a party, you know, in my sugar factory hotel room. Uh, I mean the Chateau Marmont. And then they get there. Everyone does drugs and drinks and passes out. And then the dog is like, actually, Hunter, these people are taking advantage of you, which is like. The movie does imply this is the correct interpretation of events, that these people that Hunter constantly hangs out with and li presumably likes or thinks he likes, um, that they're taking advantage of him by eating uh, samosas in the Chateau Marmont. <laughs> uh, that, that, that is um, a very weird choice, but he does kick them out. Uh, by the way, uh, they show them starting to party and then they do this very long shot. Uh, after the party's over of everyone passed out and everyone is fully clothed. No one like, fucked. The, the ties have not even been removed on the guys. Like, that is how, that's how much of a rager it was. And that's, that's what was really annoying to me is that yes, that whole sequence, he's clearly trying to do Wolf of Wall, Wolf or Wall Street style Bacchanalia. And of course, like they're hamstrung by the fact that, you know, I guess they think families are watching or I don't know, is Ben Shapiro involved? They can't be totally uh, lewd. But also, just there's no narrative energy. Like there, there's, there's nothing. There's no, it's just they. It's just like woo, and then just the shot of a bunch of people who look like they fucking passed out from a gas leak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember there was uh, there was one moment where uh, when he's he's first with Kitty in the uh, in the Chateau Marmont, he goes. Uh, did you know John Belushi died in the in the bungalow next door? <laughs> and she goes, "Who's that?" And he goes, "A comedian. He had some demons." 
<laughs> I like I I that's me trying to impress a girl. I like that scene. <laughs> so it's like uh, telling a telling a girl born in 1998 about John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, he kick, he kicks all of the the leeches and the hangers on out of his hotel suite. Um, but like, and also like, um. After he does that, like he like dumps out his bag looking for like little like baggies of coke or whatever, and there's just a handgun there, and he starts <laughs> looking at it like he's gonna eat it, and and then and then Kitty, his his sort of confidant, and you know like the the audience stand in for this movie is like, uh, no no hunters, like it's implied that she stops him from killing himself. Yeah, um, this was, I would say that a lot of um, I was excited for like Hunter Bacchanalia, right? I was excited for like the famous uh I didn't expect full penetration uh but I did expect like some recreation of the famous photos of Hunter fucking the sex workers Hunter putting the M&Ms on his dick like that yeah. type of thing and instead it's it's replaced with like yeah a very sympathetic character study of Hunter's depression and addiction <laughs> yeah. including this I don't think is does Hunter talk about like playing Russian roulette in his autobiography at all I feel like that they totally added that they they just that is a creative choice they took. Well, it does show him going to Skid Row to score dope. Um, it Where does a guy it... pointed gun in his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it does, it, he, he also mentions getting kicked out of the Naval Reserve on his first day for having like more cocaine in his blood than blood. Um, okay, so he has a great excuse for that, the real hunter. Um, he said, actually, what happened is I bummed a cigarette from a guy who'd been doing coke, but I didn't, <laughs> that was, I, 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 that, yeah. I didn't push it because my previous incidents with drugs, no one would believe me and it would get out if I, if I appealed it and it got out anyway. Um, so once again, like I, I just, I, I, I was appreciating just the sweaty realism of Lawrence Fox in, in this movie. Cause he really, he looks like, he looks like shit and like, he looked like terrible. A, like a he looked round rat. Yeah. And like, and, and, like I said, I like the performance, but it's a little bit like I don't think he kept like, you know, Hunter is kind of a swagged out player. Like he's a pretty handsome dude. Very And to have this sort of like, I don't know, like the I mean, I don't know. Lawrence Fox is kind of a fail son himself. He's from British acting royalty. I mean, James Fox's brother, Edward Fox, another movie star. He played the Jackal in the Day of the Jackal. Any actor who goes that far out on a limb in politics of any kind is letting you know that they're a fucking loser at the end of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They're bad at their job and they have to find something else to care about. Think about all the, their fame or whatever. Think about all the things that Mel Gibson, like in his heart, believes. Yeah. But he, he, never, he, never <laughs> exactly. really, he only let he that shit really... out when they fucking got him off. Uh, when, yeah. they, when they pulled him over, when he was when the guard was down, or when they're recording him talking to his girlfriend. He's, he yeah. absolutely had no desire to like run for office. This guy, he created his own political anti-mass political party in England that is that's, that uh, has yeah run Lawrence Fox in yeah. a bunch of races and has won zero of them. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh no, and it's also it's just, interesting. Like, if your career was going good, you wouldn't be doing this. I'm sorry, you'd have something else to care about. Yeah, uh, uh, you know that uh, Lawrence Fox is engaged to Julia Hartley Brewer. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Is it like this awful uh, conservative pundit in the UK? Oh, <laughs> he used to be. He used to be married to Billy Piper, though. Still looks Who's good, that? by the way. She's she was on Doctor Who, I think. Actor. Yeah, yeah. Christ, <laughs> you're, you're you're not you're not you're not a Hoomstian? I just I you don't every time artist? I learn of a new Anglo, it's always infuriating. <laughs> no. um, but like, not not just outside of like uh, Lawrence Fox, maybe bringing some of his own his own status as a fail son 
to bear and making Hunter a sort of vulnerable, sympathetic figure. I also think it's interesting that, as far as I know, I mean, this is the first movie that I'm aware of produced and released by Breitbart. This is like Andrew Breitbart Productions. And it just happens to be about another Hollywood coke addict and failure. But, <laughs> right one, who didn't, but one, one who didn't die. You know, like, folks, folks, I like the coke addicts who don't overdose. I mean, I'm, seriously, they're about the same age. Yeah. They probably did a similar amount of coke. One of them still standing. He's got <laughs> yeah. better jeans. I bet they are probably Coke Spoon Eskimo brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, the, the, so like, basically, um, so... Hunter is uh, like after everyone's been kicked out of the party, Hunter is is sort of like uh, has let Kitty, the escort, sort of stick around. And he is kind of uh, n- narrating his predicament to her. And he's telling her, like, what a fuck up and a failure he is. And then she's like, oh, it's not so bad. Like we we all all of us don't live up to the expectations of our parents. Like, hey, my dad's a judgmental asshole. He probably doesn't know I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm tricking uh, for to, to pay off my student loans. But he's like, no, no, no. You don't know the half of it. This is just the calm before the storm. Like the hurricane that's going to come is going to destroy me, my family, everything. Speaking, of course, of the laptop. And at this point, Kitty doesn't really know who Hunter is. He, she just knows that she, he's a VIP connected to the government. Yeah. So at this point, uh, Kitty does not is not aware that Hunter Biden is the son of the guy who's running for president against the, the bad orange man, as she refers to Donald Trump. Um, but like, okay, this is when, and by the way, this is a half an hour into the movie. This is when the movie, um, like begins to actually be a movie or have a plot or have really just any momentum at all. It's when Hunter gets a call and it's just like, oh, my dad is downstairs. Like, it's just when the secret service, no, the secret service shows up in the, in the, in the bungalow and Gita Carano's there and he's like, oh, I know these people. I, I got to go with them. This is ridiculous how no one seems to realize that he's Joe Biden's son. <laughs> <laughs> that part is insane. That part is fucking insane. All this. So all these people are like totally transactional and are using him not aware who he is. They just this is they just think he's a cool guy. Yeah. Well, this hey, is the uh, guy the that drugs lets and us- fun are on tap and you don't ask too many questions. Yeah, this is the guy who lets us order, uh, I don't know, apple pie turnovers and fall asleep with all our clothes on on his floor. We've been doing it for three <laughs> years. We love him. Who's his dad? What? <laughs> so uh, so Hunter is escorted uh, out of the Chateau Marmont um, to, to uh, you know, an SUV in which Papa, Papa Joe is waiting for him. And, you know, it's really funny. He's, he's wearing a, a white bathrobe and a red scarf for this entire scene. Now, this next part of the movie is the movie. This is the next 40 minutes of the movie are Joe and Hunter talking to each other in the backseat of a black SUV. And then much of the plot is revealed in flashback because what's going on here is that Joe is like, Hunter, I got to know like you like you I know you're a drug addict and you lie compulsively. That's what drug addicts do. But I need you to tell me the truth this one time. What is the deal with the laptops? And he's like, actually, dad, there are two laptops. So like, like this is where the movie like this is the the hurricane that Hunter alluded to earlier. The thing that's going to destroy him and his family, like his one his fuck up to end all fuck ups is the fact that 
he he gave his laptop to a, a computer repair shop and then didn't pick it up after it was repaired for over 90 days so it officially he became just the flanked. property <laughs> he just he yeah. just forgot about it he just and, bought another one and then he forgot <laughs> that he had tried to get that one fixed amazing and and you know we all know what's on the laptop is just you know thousands of pictures of him and his dick and <laughs> just doing drugs getting fucked and then like i'm sure and then a lot of his his shady business dealings so it's yeah. the shady business dealings part where the movie really grinds to a fucking halt even though i believe all of it to be true yeah there is um so i um i'm interested by all the hunter laptop stuff but it's it's weird right you you really you have to sift through two two rivers kind of you have to sift through the liberal media river of like oh none of this is none of this is accurate russian media op and then a year later oh actually like some of it's real but then on the conservative side, uh, I remember I read an in-depth conservative article about the laptop. And one of the things they claim is on there is a, a notes app document where Hunter just writes out um, money I made in 2017, nine hundred and seventy three thousand dollars and six hundred and seventy one cent. Like it just like writing out his income in a way that no actual high income person would ever write it out. So it's. It is hard to tell what is what is when it comes to Hunter's laptop. Again, like I believe all the well, photos are accurate and there's probably some stuff about like, you know, yeah, why was he on the board of a Ukrainian national natural gas company? What the fuck does he actually know about that? But why, uh, why are yeah. arrested uh, Chinese uh, uh, government officials who are getting busted for doing like uh, securities fraud shit calling up? the biden family why is that happening yeah no and it is it is the thing that everyone in his position does but he's just special because of the air of drama around him and the fact that god chose to make him handsome which means he's probably a good person at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) let's be honest um and like okay so we so we get a lot of uh we get a lot of the, the joe biden in this movie who's portrayed by a former days of our lives uh soap actor who's also taken a few stabs at running for uh office as a conservative republican but yeah this the, the guy who plays joe biden apparently used to be a big like hunk on daytime soaps and he had like you know thousands and thousands of female fans so you know um and you know like i i he didn't look like biden but you know i feel like i could see why you enjoyed this performance because in the in, in the in in the backseat part of the movie, we get like sort of a Joe Biden's greatest hits. We get like all of the things that have been like because, uh, you know, he's always saying he's saying things like, come on, man. We get his 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 verbal miscues and malapropisms like he refers to the laptop as the top lap at one point. Um, he talks about he references Tara Reid and he was like, mm, that's a good smelling woman. And then yeah. he refers to the, all the other accusers as dog-faced pony soldiers. So I thought I thought the writing was weak. I think when you're like doing Biden, it's when you do things like that. When you take things from speeches and you put it in conversations, yeah. it, it's very clunky. But I thought his perform his performance was very Leslie Nielsen esque. I thought yes, it was. I, lo- I love. I that's that's why I liked it. I and think, like like I, I think the writing sucked. About- but the performance amazing. You want to talk about from the files of police squad? He's like, uh, there's a moment in the in in the backseat of the SUV where he goes, Hunter, I need to know about anything on that laptop that could ruin my shot. Uh, like, sorry, I need to know anything on that laptop that could affect my chances at winning this erection. But and then and he says erection, boing. and then there's a boing, boing, boing. there's like a fucking wacky zoo crew morning sound effect dropped in. 
So I guess I mean, that, yeah. that's breaking the fourth wall for people who don't know what an erection is. <laughs> <laughs> and then also in the back of the limo, we're like he's he's relating all of his shady business dealings. Like he's he's telling his dad what's on the laptop so that we can like get out in front of it and like you know use the lying liberal media to fucking you know suppress the truth about it or whatever. And he starts talking about corn pop. There's a whole corn pop section where he just he tells the corn pop story again to Hunter in the back of the limo, which is like. Yeah, it's just bad writing. If you like, you could, you could, like, what you do, Felix, you have to, like, sort of uh, imbibe the Biden personality and then use that to write things that, like, you don't know took place. You can't just give the Biden greatest hits uh, in dialogue. Yeah. I wish I could have written this movie. I feel like, I, oh, I feel yes. like it would have been that, a crossover. That would have been something. Uh, I, yeah, no. It, to, to be to get accurate Biden patter, you have to put your brain in a half half waking state. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There is another really funny line where he goes because uh, like before they get to the Ukraine stuff and the movie grinds to a fucking halt, he's oh. just talking about all the sordid details about like fucking his brother's wife, his brother's <laughs> widow, and he just goes, uh, he goes. Joe says to Hunter one time, you fucked Bo's Bo's widow and her sister at the same time. And it was just like, number one pussy getter. He just can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. These women, they just, they, they, these young girls won't let me be poor, poor, pitiful me. Yeah. You know, I got to say, people have accused us of being too sympathetic to Biden, but this movie makes him into Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yes, it really does. Like holy fuck, Kingslayer, Oathbreaker. You know, I mean, who who are they, who are they to judge me? Yeah, what 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 right does a lion have <laughs> to judge a pipe? <laughs> All right, so like uh, th- then we get into the the Ukraine part of the movie, and Biden keeps calling it a quick pro crow. He keeps referring to a quid pro quo as a quick pro crow. They even flash it on the screen. At yes, one point. yes, to just let you know that it, this is a yeah, this is an oafish. Uh, misunderstanding of a popular uh saying by biden um it just yeah i don't know what what, what do they say uh I, i'll i'll say okay oh wait no no here's where i know where i'm going while biden while hunter and his father are in the suv at this point kitty has like like saw he, she has seen him get into the car with joe biden and she's going oh shit now i know who he is this is the son of the guy the former vice president this is joe biden's son she then goes back up to the hotel suite and begins Googling Hunter Biden's scandal. No, all she not got- Googling. I believe it was Googling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some yeah. Sort of, it's it's an off-brand Google, which yeah. I only point out because later on, a guy says, Google and Facebook, suppress it. So it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, why would you just put Google? So she started to say she, it, you should put it. So, yeah. she, you know, in quotation marks, she Googles like Joe Biden's scandal. And then all the results are like, you know, Jill Biden's top five tips for this Valentine's Day or whatever. And her sort of her rabbi, her Sherpa for like red pilling her that the media is lying to you is a previously unnamed black character who's sort of like Hunter Biden's security for his hotel parties. This character's name is Tyrone. He is he is named at one point <laughs> in the movie is the black Tyrone guy in the movie Smithers. is named. Yes, it's Tyrone Smithers. And he's the one who just starts telling her. She's like, she's like, hey, like. I like I I don't see any of the stuff about this like on the news and he and and then he tells her like you have to look at like the alternative media you have to like you know like the the mainstream media censors all this and she's like but these are like right wing propaganda sites like isn't this like white supremacy and he's like yeah that's me 
I'm the black white supremacist. Like, come on. Like, he's like, this, this is the truth here. So she begins to get uh, red pilled as to like the way the mainstream media has been covering for the, uh, the shenanigans and hijinks of the Biden family. The, I think every conservative movie that we're going to see from now on will have a based black guy character. Yeah. It's the Derrigur. Yeah. yeah. That is a hallmark of like post-Trump conservatism. Uh, well, speaking of uh, post-Trump or Trump conservatism, and just the thing I, I think I found very funny about this movie is something that like, you know, a movie that's like essentially intended to be a, a brief on behalf of Donald Trump being the legitimate president of America that, you know, he that is somehow better than Joe Biden and his family. At one point, Kitty says to Tyrone, she's like, is this illegal? And Tyrone says, Using political office to benefit your family is called influence peddling, and that's illegal. And it was just like, come on, like I mean, I, I I know I know you're this is this is a movie that's sympathetic to Trump and his family, but come on, like like yeah. <laughs> they're they're the kings of fucking influence peddling. Yeah, and I guess I guess the argument there is just that they're like not as good at it. I guess that the yields are smaller. Um, but they, they didn't do it to the communists. They didn't do it on behalf of the communist Chinese. They did it on yeah. behalf of the Saudi, fa- the based royal fa- family of the Sauds. Yeah, I would say that um, the character of Tyrone presents, I think, a strength and a weakness to this movie, which is how boomer it is. Right there, there's been a lot of hay made about like youth reaction and. You know, it's nothing. You know, if if you actually look at like how many people are attending church, uh, if it keeps going at this rate, there'll be 11 Catholics in America by 2030. But this movie, instead of um, instead of taking like the youth reaction Trump based uh, approach of it's good to be racist, it falls back on the old conservative and I think still the majority position of Republicans. Yeah, absolutely. The Democrats are the real racist. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, actually, everyone in Black Lives Matter is white. And like, oh, like it's just like a very antiquated seeming thing. But I really, I do think that if you talk to most Republicans, they would still have that posture. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, I mean, like, yeah, outside of like the overrepresented and like you know loud, like certain like online niche fan, political fandoms, even the most conservative Republican would say that like, yeah, racism is bad. And actually, I'm a conservative because liberals are like they're actually racist. And Tyrone at one point brings up uh, Devin Archer's fleecing of a native American tribe and goes, yeah, but he says he's not racist. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, um, I love when conservatives get really into native American stuff. Well, most of them are one sixteenth native American themselves. Yeah. That's a uh, Caesar Sayoc claimed to be a 100% seminal. <laughs> um, I-, I will say, uh, did you, I don't know, I, I, Matt. I bet you caught this uh, in in one of the kind of uh, recreations of their shady Ukraine dealings. Uh, it's Joe and Hunter doing a deal, but standing in front of a movie projector that is playing Battleship Potemkin on like a giant <laughs> wall behind them. So I was like, you know what? This is filmmaking right here. This is a this is an auteur who like it's it's about the craft of, of film, but it's also about a love of film. And, and I like will the say there history was of one movies. shot in the movie that I thought was genuinely kind of effective. And it is, yeah, Hunter and Joe standing in the movie theater, backlit by the projector, like with the projector kind of going through them. And that was actually kind of a good shot. The only good shot in the movie. I Okay, I think there are multiple good shots. <laughs> What's another one? Um, when uh, Joe, like overhead shot of Joe in the pool. Um, when Joe, Joe and Hunter are dancing with the money, 
um when the when when the when tyrone is like in the movie theater and being like you know your family's bad and hunter going no um i like the scene where it's when dean kane tells his liberal daughter like when you do the right thing the good thing happens or some bullshit these are these are just moments in the movie felix these aren't shots this is not okay (laughs) okay well it's not a radio play presumably there was a shot there that i liked I like I like the scene where it, zo- it's, it zooms in tight on Hunter's face and he's like uh, in, in an agonized and halting manner um, relating the benefits of the Bursima energy deal that he's profiting off of. And then you just realize as it pulls out, he's uh, thrusting spastically next to the president of Ukraine and his top oligarch as they just like get some doggy style back shots in on three, three lovely ladies. Oh, that's, another that's another faux Wolf for Wall Street stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's the botch, but you're right. It has a very, it, it maintains kind of a PG 13 because I think you're right. I think they like, because it's Boomer and it's made for talk radio listeners, they all have the fantasy that like families are going to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, God damn, there are going to be a lot of fucking bored 14 year old kids being forced to watch this by their students. Oh my dad. God. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine that this is the longest 95 minutes of your life? sitting through this fucking movie. And then what would you take away from it other than like, hey, it's pretty cool to be the son of a powerful rich guy? Yeah, no. Some poor kid is being forced to watch this and their dad is going, you see that? You see who the real racists are? <laughs> so uh, it, then it goes, it, it moves, you know, it's like I said, this movie seamlessly zips along after 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 Hunter gets out of the limo for what feels like an hour and a half. He's back in the hotel suite. And then to to Kitty, who we later turn out her her real name, not her non working name is like great Grace Anderson or something. And he's like, I love you. And they have sex. And he's like, that was the best sex I've ever had. Normally I need to be on drugs or do something kinky. But like, I like love you. And then, and then he feel he feels ready to tell her all the China dealings, which are like even more sorted than the Ukraine stuff. Because the China section, I thought was a lot funnier and more. It was a lot more. It was yeah. just like it had it had it had, it had some juice. Because you know we've talked about this before. Once you start talking about like Andre Dolorevsky or whatever, my brain just turns off. But then they yeah. get into they get they show him getting the big Chinese diamond. They show they show all the the, the the Chinese spies that he was doing business with, or apparently all of the like uh, you know uh, the what was it the uh, the grain company that was a cover for like stealing nuclear secrets or something like that. I don't know, but it it really takes off when one of the companies that he was invested in or took money from was uh, the the Face Plus Plus software that does Chinese facial recognition, and this is where um Kitty or a.k.a. Grace, becomes to get very disillusioned with Hunter because this is really odd. You know, the movie was written by a guy who I think it mostly writes what's biblical adventures. And you learn that um, Kitty's family, in addition to her father being a high-powered attorney, who's also a judgmental asshole, um, they were also missionaries in China. And like their family is very good friends with Uyghurs who have been disappeared into concentration camps. And she starts showing him all these photos on her iPad of like Uyghurs in concentration camps and stuff. What did you guys yeah, make? Yeah, which of was a- very yeah. funny. Uh, they, they, at one point, she's like, they're rounding them up into camps and re-educating them. Uh, you want to have a fun time, go to Breitbart.com and search Muslim yeah. for articles. Yeah. 
What exactly is the Breitbart solution to the Islamic problem? And how much does it differ from what the Chinese are doing? It's like the most disingenuous shit they've ever done. And I think it does come from that weepy boomer fucking thing, which is just not where the, the energy is and hasn't been for a long time. But uh, it's other. It's it's very obnoxious. Like, come on. This is where you this is your big closing statement is think of the poor Uyghurs. Well, okay, from so the fuck said- your feelings, people. <laughs> the, the 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 kick their ass and take their gas people fuck off can i say that i think robert davi obviously huge trump fan i would say the script if we looked into whoever wrote the script i would say it's probably a never a former never trump grudging trump voter Rubio honestly conservative. yeah i would agree like i i didn't like trump i thought he was boorish but then the way that the liberals acted as like i guess i have to support him yeah yeah not a true believer his instincts are all wrong like the idea that you're going to get an imagined audience of people who go to Breitbart to like get a, their final right, righteous hatred of of Hunter is going to be because how mean China is to the Muslims. Yeah, he was basically the movie. Is your saying, closing like, argument to these people. This is, no, this is the closing argument. This is when Grace slash Kitty begins to realize that hey, Hunter is not just like you know a sad tragic figure. He's actually very evil because he hasn't divested from these companies that are doing genocide. And they're like, she's like Hunter. Like you have to understand. They won't let them practice their religious faith. And I'm like, wait, were her parents Muslim missionaries in China or something? <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to spread the Ummah. To- <laughs> I would. I, I think that maybe part of this movie is like, if it's not just like a Rubio conservative writing it, and this is their true, truly where they're at, maybe that they're presuming that the audience is grace and the attempt, like the goal of this movie is to get liberals to come over to their side through Hunter stuff through like through showing you that hunter is like uh, hunter and the bidens <laughs> are betraying the liberal cause by doing chinese business deals i guess i guess i just looked at the the writer of this movie is a guy named brian gadawa and like i said i think most of his movies like most of his screenplay credits are like uh tv documentaries called lines that divide the great stem cell debate and wall of separation. Stem you know, cells? About- are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stem cells. Stem this thing from a time machine? <laughs> yeah, he's like, this movie, he's written by, it's a weepy evangelical guy. So that's why oh we get all this God. shit about the Uyghurs the at the end of the movie. The person to write the Hunter Biden movie. Yeah. But yeah, like, so it's like, yeah, like the, the, closing sh- the closing argument at the end of the movie is that China is rounding up ethnic and religious minorities and putting them in concentration camps. It's like for the as you said, Matt, perfectly like the Breitbart audience of that movie for watching this movie is going to be like, uh, yes, please. Can we have some more of that in this country? Uh, that's based is what that's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so like there's. All- oh, OK. So at this point, uh, Kitty is like, I need to leave. And then Hunter gets a call from his dad that says, oh, like, you know, Trump has just been impeached over the, the Lev Parnas call over, <laughs> over the perfect <laughs> over the perfect phone call. And then he's like, oh, sweet. Like, I'm, I'm in the clear. Like, the media is just going to focus. Everyone's going to focus on this. Everyone's going to forget about all the Uyghurs I helped put into the detention camps or whatever. Um, and then he but he realizes, like, oh, like he can't have Kitty back because she's having a crisis of faith. Um, and at this point, Tyrone reveals that he has recorded their entire conversation but like this was another part that was very that made no sense to me because like tyrone has not been in the room with them for like he's, he's just hanging out outside and he takes a tape recorder out of his pocket and then plays back to kitty hunter saying like yeah i did the brasima deal for i did all the foreign corruption for my dad he was in on it all it's all true i'm a criminal 
And then he's like, you know, I, I keep this as insurance. And then he gives her the recording. And then like, at first I thought he was giving her a tape recorder to be like, yeah, like uh, record, record him to protect yourself as some kind of insurance for a future date. But then it became clear that he had recorded the entire movie that we just saw and was giving it to her to release to the media or do what she feels with it. But it was like, it didn't make sense because it was like just something in his pocket and he wasn't in the room with them. Uh, were, did you guys confuse this by, uh, were you guys as confused by this as I was? Um, yeah, no, I, um, I will say this is the first instance in the, in the movie of bad filmmaking. <laughs> so, uh, so, so essentially like, uh, Hunter is just like, okay, let's, let's start the party up again. I'll fuck anything that moves. And, you know, he's like, he realizes that, you know, his laptop that like now that Trump's been impeached, like the media is just going to, they're going to quash, they're going to quash that. They're gonna. They're gonna. He's he's in the clear. He hasn't ruined his father. His father's chance at you know becoming president, and it's all good. But then Kitty, the hooker with a heart of gold character, like you know she has to return to her life from being a social justice warrior, and then now she's like she calls her dad. She's like, Dad, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I need to ask you a question. Like, what if you had evidence that would hurt your side of the case? What would you do? And he's like, be like, well, I would. I would release it as per the rules of discovery because, you know, it could hurt my client and me later. So she's like, okay, like, even though this makes my side look bad, I have to release it. So she calls a journalist who at first I thought was Matt Drudge because he had a little, <laughs> little pork pie hat, but it's just some other guy who writes for the New York Post. And she's like, I have a story that's going to be the biggest of your career. I can't do it over the phone. We have to meet in person. And then they like meet on a park bench and she's like going to give him a recording of Hunter Biden confessing to crimes. And he's like, I can't touch this story. No one would take it seriously. It's like maybe, maybe, maybe the New York Post and Fox News would cover it, but then no one else would, so it would go nowhere. And I was just sort of like, "What?" Like I, I don't, I don't know. Like the, the, this is the movie gets very, it, it falls apart. You know, if it had. Well, yeah, I did enjoy like, though that when she calls up her lawyer, her uh, reporter friend, he has an old timey hat on and is writing on a manual typewriter. Just so yeah, you know that yeah. he's a real shoe leather reporter. Once again, dumb people making condescending films. That's what you I, get. I um, you just remember, didn't I have a little press card in his hat. That was the one uh, note they missed. There is um, I just I remembered my favorite part of the movie just now that had completely escaped my memory until this moment. The scene where the otherwise dreadful Ukraine part, where all the oligarchs and like the prosecutors are sitting around talking about the deal, how like one of the oligarchs goes, "Don't forget my cut." Which is hyster <laughs> hysterical because it's like, okay, so you like you were afraid that you were conspiring pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Uh, hallmark of a Rubio and uh, screenwriter. Well, I'll tell you my favorite part of the movie, which uh, happens right now at the very end. So uh, Kitty decides to, as she did in the, in the very beginning of the movie, she was like, I'm going to trend. Well, she decides to uh, just put out on Twitter herself the Hunter Biden recordings. And this is where the movie becomes kind of like an alternate reality. It suggests an, an alternate reality. Um, so she releases she releases the her, her or Tyrone's, rec Tyrone's recording of her and Hunter's magical night together where he confessed to all of the uh, influence peddling and uh, all of the foreign corruption and undermining America through Chinese Communist Party. Um and then, like, then the movie on screen shows, like, you know, a barrage of hateful abuse. Like, you know, let's get this whore. You, you fucking 
bitch, like hashtag Antifa, <laughs> hashtag Antifa, get her. And then she's like looking sad. And then out of nowhere, oh, one of them up was, on the screen, I am triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And then, okay, so like, I am triggered. Let's get this bitch. Hashtag Antifa, you know, hashtag social justice. And then after this, 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 you know, cascade of abuse, just out of nowhere. And then on screen, Rudy Giuliani's Twitter avatar pops up and it says, Rudy Giuliani, hi, I'm interested in your story. You are? <laughs> about, yeah. Talk about someone who would sniff someone's hair. <laughs> just, I, 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 I like um, there is one touch of filmmaking I love with her after she while she's like releasing the tapes um, the way that they de horror her. Yeah, they like every oh, yeah. every scene after she decide after Dean Kane brings her back to the light side. D- Dean Kane does not play her father. It's <laughs> just the Dean. Oh, Cain, who the like, fuck was who was that? <laughs> He's just some not, guy, some guy. Oh, just some other guy with a huge face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I didn't even look it up. I was like, oh, that has to be Dean Kane. Oh, (laughs) maybe that's who they implied who it was. (laughs) That was supposed to be Paul Manafort. But um, yeah, after the I guess uh, other big face actor dad tells her every scene thereafter, she is wearing the most clothes ever. Yeah. Every scene you see her after she becomes good. She's no longer a whore. And she's her typical outfit will be like a sweatshirt, overalls. Um, a parka, a trench coat, and a prairie uh, three, dress, a prairie dress, and three layers of hats. Well, because because this movie was written by a weepy evangelical guy, there had to be like because again, Robert Daffy spends a good five minutes filming this the actress who plays Kitty's ass in this movie, like at the beginning when she does a strip tease for Hunter, like she is tarted up to the max, and I gotta say, quite attractive. But then, like, once once when she starts alluding to, like, yeah, I have a bad relationship with my dad, too. He's a judgmental asshole. I was like, OK, I can see exactly where this is going. And then at the end where she calls him and, like, he helps her or whatever. And then he's there for like they have to have this reunion where she, like, as Felix said, she becomes dehored and has to return to the loving embrace of her stern, judgmental father, who was, uh, again, a Christian missionary in China. Or actually, no. Sorry, a Muslim missionary in China. Yeah, he was, right. He was very, he was very upset at his daughter's immodesty. That um, part, the part that 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 is like the very end thing is this: she gets back with her dad, who and we've established very tentatively, just you know, because you have to read through the chicken guts to understand anything in this fucking movie. Oh, her dad's a judgmental asshole. That means he's a Republican, uh, Christian, conservative. We know that she is an antifa. Uh, and this movie, at the end of it, she's reconciled with him. And it answered the question that I had when I was watching the rest of this movie, which is, who is this for? What's the idea behind this movie being made? Because it's all this tedious explanation of Hunter's shenanigans. But people who are Breitbart listeners or readers or whatever, they already know all that stuff. Who are you telling? Who cares? And I realized the fantasy of this movie is if I could just get my kid to watch it, they'll start talking to me again. I think that and is that's, basically that's, how, that's what the end is. It's like here it is. If they knew the truth about Hunter and they knew what the what the media was doing and how they were lying, and that the kids they're not going to read the websites, they're going to do their own research, but they might watch a movie. Yeah, Maybe if I can get them to watch yeah. this movie, and like okay, I mean we've watched so many of these conservative films, and I think that that is the ba- the baseline motivation behind almost all of them. And and I think like you you bring into like my my like my I guess my final statement, like the, the, the feeling that this movie left me with at the end, because it proposes this kind of like alternate history ending where you see Trump is reelected because the media covers the story. 
she breaks the story about the Hunter Biden laptop after the media tries to suppress it. And if people had known the facts, the, the outcome of the election would have been different. And we would have been saved from, you know, uh, the, the, the depredations of Joe Biden in the way. Yeah, right? there's like a little fantasy. And there's a little fantasy. Show, and- uh, Biden, uh, Hunter gets arrested and Trump wins in a landslide. They show the reporter going, yes, <laughs> as they announce that Trump wins. But then, yeah, it's all a dream. We can't have and then, that. And then she's like, yeah, like, you know, like she's like, you know, I guess that's the sp- truth about fairy tale endings or like maybe in today's world, like the truth is the fairy tale or some, some bullshit like that. And then the movie ends with this montage of like dozens and dozens of like real news reports on like MSNBC or CNN referring to the laptop story as Russian disinformation. And I thought this was actually pretty funny and effective because it's like, it, look, the movie said, like, uh, like at one point in the movie, Joe Biden's like, don't worry, like, we, we got the Russian disinformation line. They could, they'll just discredit anything by saying that. And then you see it really happen. And I was, you know, watching this movie, thinking to myself, like, if I cared or, like, was sympathetic to the political vision of this movie, like, God, that would piss me off so much. That would piss me off so much. And then they, they give you these end cards, like, you know, staying, stating the facts about, like, you know, like, you know, the, the media, like, Google, Facebook, they like they they did actually like fucking lock down like anyone sharing stories about that. They did. They deemed it Russian disinformation and like fucking what we all agreed on at the time. And now was a huge fucking conscious assist to drag Biden across the finish line yep. of that election. And like they you know, made their choice. He was uh, Trump is bad for business. Get him off. Like, get him out of here. And it has it has the like the, the end, the end cards where it gives you like, you know, uh, black background, white text, like the, tr- you know, like the truth of what happened here. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, if I was at all sympathetic to the political worldview of this movie, like, yeah, like I would feel so angry. But then I realized this is the exact same feeling I have in the exact same way that every liberal issues movie ends. This is like an Oliver Stone movie. Like this is like, like you know, they just tell you at the end, like the, the truth comes out like, you know, but it didn't matter or whatever. And I just like it, it dawned on me that like conservatives have now settled into like loser mindset in movies where like they can't change reality. They can just like, oh, if we get the truth out there through our art, then like maybe people will be different or maybe like the ma- masses will rise up. And I'm like, dude, I've been watching liberal movies about issues like the Vietnam War or fucking assassinations or dr- the war on drugs for years now. They all end the same way. Reality doesn't change. And like, I just, I was like, they have become like the liberal loser mindset where they're like, we can use art to change reality. But that's all they ever really wanted. All they ever wanted was to be able to tell themselves their own stories because there is something unfair. If you are a conservative of, I want to watch a story. I want to watch a special story that makes me feel good and have to rely on the stories that liberal Hollywood's going to tell you. And that there has, there's this deep yearning for some high budget uh, um, decent production value stories that affirm me in the same neutering, pathetic way that it affirms liberals. And then that once you get it, that's really all you want. If they're still pissed, it's because they have to fucking go to Breitbart.com and put in their email address and then get a link and watch it on their computer. Well, I mean, I can't wait to see conservative Restrepo. <laughs> How many people over the age of 40 who wanted to watch this movie were actually able to yeah, give me going through because like I had to go through about five different steps on the Breitbart website to fucking get the code necessary to unlock the secret movie that I could only watch on my laptop or if we have an HDMI cable. But like, try try getting try getting anyone over the age of forty to figure this shit out. 
Yeah, this was highly complex. I had to turn two keys at the same time. <laughs> um, my final thoughts, though, two thumbs up. Exactly. <laughs> do not understand. Dude, this movie was so boring. It was no, so it boring. How, could, then how come I watched all of it? Well, there you go. You got me there. And it's not yeah. just because the summary uh, wasn't on Wikipedia yet. <laughs> I enjoyed it. If you look, if you if your dad is mad, is uh, mad about Glenn Simpson, watch this with him. It's a nice activity. And then maybe you could stop um, being a hooker for uh, presidential <laughs> sons. <laughs> Wear some more clothes around the house. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I I, I hope Robert. Dov- I mean, this is actually apparently Robert Dobby's third movie. I don't know what his other what? Two movies are. Yeah, he's directed two other movies. But I'm hoping I'm hoping that this leads to a Davi sons. You know, in our, in our culture, I want to see. I would just like to hear more from Davi and, you know, like he needs to bring back the Rat Pack, him and Frank Stallone. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, man, like a conservative version of the Expendables with even older and more C-list actors than the ones they had in the Expendables. Oh, yeah. Frank Stallone, Robert Davi, Nick Searcy, John Voight, basically everyone who was supposed to attend. And first of all, why wasn't John Voight in this movie? Huge oversight. Like, come on. He might would have been a good Joe, I think. Or yeah. James Woods. Yeah. James Woods also. Okay, John, they got they got John Voigt and like fucking uh William Forsyth and Steve Gutenberg to be in that awful Roe v. Wade movie, which is yeah. genuinely one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like this movie is considerably better than than I, I will give you that, Felix. This is not nearly as hateful or excruciating to get through as the Roe v. Wade movie. That was in the bottom tier. I, was, I don't know though. The thing is, that movie had Jamie Kennedy in it though, and his performance in that film is one of my favorite things of all time. So I have, it, I have I'm torn. Yeah. Well, I still I put this in the highest echelon of conservative films. Um, I'm excited to see. Um, hopefully, Robert Davi does not die soon. Though I think that I I don't know. He's a very old man, but I hope he has a Clint thing where directing movies keeps him alive, so to speak. Yeah. And I hope he has a Clint thing. I hope Breitbart gives him carte blanche to do whatever movie is he wants to do, just to get the suits out of the room and just get some some real conservative art out there. Absolutely. So yeah, that was uh, that was my son Hunter, a Chapo movie episode, and one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Until <laughs> 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 next. <laughs> Uh, watch a lot perform- of talk that way about movies. <laughs> <laughs> watch, watch performance starring Lawrence Fox's father James, the movie that made him lose his mind and become a British evangelical Christian. What the fuck? That sucks. Oh. That sucks. <laughs> that's really that's not good. That's and, like, then see, yeah. and then see him come out of his mental breakdown and his return to movies in the eighties and nineties. He is the the banker in Sexy Beast. Men or women? Moo. Yes. Sexy Beast performance, two of the greatest movies ever made. Watch those, not this piece of shit. Till next time, guys. Bye bye. Hey, episode not over. We're back, baby. That's right. Time to plug the tour, but not just plug the tour. For you, the listeners, we this is maybe the first time ever. Don't get comfortable with it, but we have listened. We have we have listened and we have pledged to do better. That's right. All of our upcoming tour dates will not I repeat, not ever be released as an audio episode. These are these are like Tibetan sand mandalas. 
They are beautifully constructed, and then when it is over, it will be tossed into the wind, never to be heard again. So if you want to hear our glittering insights, stunning riffs, and goofs and spoofs, you will have to attend live. So if you are one of the pigs who hates the live episodes, we are doing this for you. Or if you're one of the many, many normal people who actually like the live episodes and enjoy listening to them and think they're necessary because they would like to see us live and maybe couldn't make the date, well, now it's extra incumbent on you to buy tickets and come out and see us because you're going to be shit out of luck. Who knows what forbidden riffs will be, will be spoken into existence but not recorded or shared with the broader public. So, I might be doing my long-awaited retort to the shitty men in media list, the hottest women in media. <laughs> <laughs> so to remind you once again of our upcoming tour, the tickets are available at chapotraphouse.com slash live. They will never, ever be released as audio recordings. So, till next time, bye bye. Bye bye.